Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Hey, it's been, it's been fun just journeying together, looking at uh, the different heroes uh, uh, throughout the Bible, and I, I, we really hope from this series that it's going to just give you a new understanding of who these people were, but, but even more than that, that we would learn, right? And, and we would insp- aspire to be heroes of our own. I, I really believe that that's what God has called us to. It, it might not uh, look like, you know, the heroes we're talking about, but, but we're, we're called to be heroes so that God's glory uh, is lifted high on this earth, Amen. And so we're called to great lives. God doesn't call us to average lives. I really don't believe that the plans that he's drawn up for our lives are average. And so, yeah, we just hope today is going to inspire you uh, to be a hero for God so that, again, his kingdom comes on this earth and he receives glory through that. So before we get into the message, uh, let's let's pray together. Mm. Yeah, God, we... uh, we just lift you high today and we just want to say we love you. You're so amazing and, and your grace and your love for us is, it, it really blows me away every morning. And uh, God, we just thank you uh, for bringing each person here uh, this morning. And, and God, our, our prayer this morning is that we would hear from you, God. That, that your spirit would move in this place, you would speak to our hearts. And so God, I, I pray that you direct my, my thoughts and my words, and, and God, I pray you go beyond them, and, and you'd work in our hearts, God. We want to be transformed by your presence this morning, God. We don't want to leave the same. And so God, we know that that only happens by the move of your spirit. So come and speak to us, God, and thank you for bringing everyone here. Thank you that you see everyone here, you know everyone here, you love everyone here. And so we invite you to speak during this time. Amen. Right on. So uh, today we're going to be focusing on Elisha. Uh, Elisha was uh, an amazing man. He did amazing things for God. And we're going to look at his life and and learn from him uh, how how can we be used for amazing things by God. And I think Elisha is is an amazing example of this. Uh, If you look at the, the power rankings of miracles in the Bible, the recorded miracles... Uh, Jesus is number one. He had the most recorded miracles, and Elisha is actually number two. So we're, we're talking about a powerhouse uh, of a prophet uh, today. And you might be thinking, too, number two on the power ranking miracles, he must have had a pretty exciting life, and he definitely did. But, but a lot, the first kind of few years of his life looked like this. If you want to roll up that picture. That's what he was looking at, the butts of cows. Uh, and uh, he, his dad owned land, and he, he plowed the fields, and this is, this is where uh, his, his life started out. And I, and I think we can maybe just skip through this part that he plowed fields, but ultimately I, I think God was preparing his heart in the field. And ultimately, I think his ministry started in the field. We can look at him as a prophet as he's, when he's doing miracles, but I believe that Elisha's ministry started when he was in the field. And this is where God pointed out to Elijah, hey, this is your man, as he's plowing the fields. And so I think the first thing that we need to know, if we want to do amazing things for God, is we need to be faithful with whatever God gives us. If God gives us oxen and a field, we need to plow that field. 
and, and we need to have our hearts ready and we need to have our hearts serving him. And I believe that's what Elisha did because as soon as he's called, you see the response immediately that he's ready to follow God. He'd stewarded his heart in a place where he was ready to, to leave the fields. He was ready for anything. And I, and I really believe that, that he plowed the fields in a faithful way and, and God saw that. God saw his ministry in the fields. And, and I believe God sees your ministry wh- wh- wherever you are and wherever you're, you're working. And that's an un- underestimated thing. Sometimes we don't talk about our, our work being ministry to God, right? Like if you think of it, half of our uh, you know, awake lives almost belong to work. And, and I think it's important because God is watching the way we work. God cares about the way we work and our heart that we, that we have while we do it. It says in Ephesians 6, 5 to 7, it says slaves, and when, when it talk, the Bible talks about slaves, we think of North American slaves and, and how they were beaten and mistreated. In Bible times, uh, essentially you had two groups of people, those that owned land and then those that worked land. And the middle class was about 1%. There was a very little middle class. And, and so these, these slaves were actually able to buy their freedom, but often they didn't want to because that would leave them without jobs. So I'm just saying that when we think of slaves, we don't want to think of North American slavery, it looked different back in the day, and often they were treated very well. So slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. It's amazing that, that no matter what you're doing, you, you can do the will of God from your heart. No matter where you are, no matter what job you have, you can do the will of God from your heart. And I really think it's important that, that, that we have that mindset that we are serving the Lord wherever we are. If we're in the field, if we're elsewhere, we're, we're serving the Lord as we work. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the, the saying, um, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Have you heard that saying? It's a nice saying, but, but I don't know. I've never heard someone say, I want to scrub toilets or like, be, be a garbage person. Um, to a certain extent, it's, it's a good saying, but w- at some point, work is work, right? And the Bible doesn't shy away from saying that. The Bible says wor- it's work. It's good to work. It's good to, to sweat, and it's good to, to, to provide in that way. But I think this is a much better saying. Choose to work into the Lord, and you will never have to work a meaningless day in your life. But the work is good. The Bible does not, the Bible says you have to work to eat. But, but the way that we work, I believe, is so important. We, we have to have this mindset that we are not serving a, a, a person, but we are serving God. And it doesn't matter who that person is, whether you're treated well or not. We're, we're serving, our, we're doing ministry unto the Lord as we work. And this is the heart that Elijah had. And he was faithful in the field. And, and he was faithful with his next opportunity. Uh, Elijah ends up putting a, a cloak on Elisha, saying kind of like, you're, you're my Padawan, you're next in line. And, and this is where Elisha now um, essentially becomes a servant of Elijah for the next 10 years. Again, may, you know, maybe he had a different idea of what that was going to look like following Elijah, but he was a servant. And even years later, when he started, when Elisha started his ministry, this is how he was known as. In 2 Kings 3.11, it says, Elisha, son of Shabbat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. 
That was his job. He was a personal hand sanitizer of Elijah. Like, just a, I don't know what that picture looks like, right? But imagine that. Uh, Elisha, water please, you know? So I don't know. Maybe we'll have some sign-ups to wash clothes' hands. <laughs> Would anyone sign up for that? Corey, okay, great. There's a few of you. Bless you. That's awesome. All right. We'll put the sign-up online, gmchurch.ca. <laughs> But, but so many times, the journeys of great people who do great, amazing things, they, they, they start by serving in low places. And it almost feels like God is, is, makes you go through a serve test to see if your heart is humble, to see if you're not about yourself, to see if you'll, you'll pour water on somebody's hands, to see if, if you're, you're going to be willing and, and faithful in the little things. And I, I, I just hear it so many times, and even this week, um, Claude was just telling the story of, of his uh, beginnings in ministry and how he, he wasn't really uh, empowered. He would run these, these church camps, but, but he wasn't even allowed to be on the stage, even though he organized everything. Uh, he wasn't paid very well. He wasn't, wasn't empowered, wasn't treated very well. And, and he served there as long as he was supposed to until he clearly heard God calling him elsewhere. And to me, it just, it kind of clicked like, wow, he was faithful in serving. And I believe, even though it wasn't the best context for, for him, I believe God sees that. I believe God sees when, when, when we serve um, and work unto the Lord, even if it's in a lowly place, even if we're not treated well. And, and you know, the last year that, that I, I, I was in schooling and I was planning to get go into ministry. I didn't know I would be here, um, but I was planning to go into ministry. I had big dreams, big visions, big aspirations. And I remember them saying in my last year of school, before, before you, you, you try to execute a vision of your own, just serve someone else's vision. And it really was like, that, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that sounds a little, a little weird, but I, I think it's so important. Serving. Just being faithful with what God gives you. Just, just, and that's what Elisha did. For 10 years, he served Elijah. He poured water on his hands before he did a miracle, before he did anything else. He, he had a, a good ministry, right? Because he was, he was with Elijah, but it was a ministry of service. And I, I really believe often God will put us through a serve test. Are, are we willing to serve someone else's vision? Are we willing to wash someone's hands with water? And, and this is where humble, uh, those who are humble will be exalted because when they're exalted, God gets the glory, right? And, and sometimes I, I, I think in our culture, we're so individualistic and we always try to bring our own vision to everything. And, and because of that, we struggle sometimes because we all have our own vision and we want other people to serve our vision, but we don't want to come under another vision and serve that vision. And I think often God will call you just to serve someone else's vision. And that's ministry. And the way you have your heart and when you're doing that is so important. Amen? Awesome. To be used by God to do amazing things, you have to say yes to the call of God on your life. And Elisha's yes is pretty Amazing. Uh, it says in 1 Kings 19, after Elijah placed his cloak on Elisha, Elisha then left his oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, let me kiss my, my father and my mother goodbye, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied, what have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, burnt them and the plowing equipment to cook the meat. He gave it to the people, and they ate, and then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. 
Uh, Elijah answered, his yes was courageous. Elijah and, or Elisha, sorry, it's so close. I'm going to mix this up all, all service. Uh, Elisha answered yes, first of all, courageously. Uh, because uh, during this, the, the, this time, King Ahab and Jezebel were in reign. And the way the Bible talks about King Ahab and Jezebel were, they were kind of the, the most, it was, he was the most brutal king, probably, the, the way it makes it sound. And so Elijah also was a wanted man during this time. So Elisha saying yes to Elijah, it would have come with some prestige of being next in line. But at the same time, it was a courageous move because he was putting his neck on the line. He was now in Elijah's entourage, and that entourage was wanted dead at the time. So Elisha's response is courageous. Elisha's response is also sacrificial. Um, I, I don't know if you caught it, but he was, he was plowing fields in a, in a 12 yoke of oxen. That's equivalent to a very nice John Deere tractor right there. It's a 12 stroke, not a 12 yoke, you know? <laughs> See what I did there? So Elisha had wealth. His, he... He, he, he was working for his father, but his father owned quite a bit of land. He would have been able to inherit quite a bit of land. And I love his response. He goes over the top. I, I don't know why, but he's just like, all right, we're having a barbecue. Wild. But it, it almost seems like Elisha is burning his bridges, so he doesn't, doesn't, is not tempted to go back to farming. He has no plan B. He's just like, hey, I'm slaughtering the cows, we're having a barbecue, and I'm following Elijah. And I think in our heart, if we want to follow Jesus, it's going to take some sacrifices. It might take some burning of bridges in our life. There might be friend groups, relationships that we'll have to remove ourselves from because they're causing us to, to compromise or choose something else. And our, our yes often will be a sacrificial yes because we're going against the grain of the world. And Elisha's yes was so resounding and so sacrificial. And you see his willingness to, to leave his family who he cared about. The first thing that he asked is, can I just go home and kiss my family? And I'm going to say goodbye to them and I'm going to follow God. But, but if you say yes to the gospel, and if you make sacrifices to the gospel, this is the promise that Jesus gives in Matthew 19, 29. It says, everyone who has given up houses brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and they will inherit eternal life. Wow. That's amazing. It's not saying that you're going to get like a hundred times money back or if you give up your property, it's going to be a hundred times bigger. <laughs> that would be nice, right? Then we'd all be doing that. But, but it's, it's talking about the treasure you're going to be storing up in heaven. In, in reality, right, we're so sometimes so invested in our family here on earth, our property here on earth, that, that we, we actually don't live lives of investing in eternity. And Jesus is saying, if you give up anything here on earth, you're getting way more back in return. And Elisha did that. He, he gave up um, you know, living with his family to follow Elijah. And that sacrifice, I just believe, is so worth it. And some of us, some of you, God will call you to make some sacrifices. God, God might call you to move. God might call you to, to sell your property. I don't know what it is, but, but we have to be willing to say yes to that. I don't want to be like the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler, he was presented with an amazing opportunity to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. But he chose his God. He chose his God to be his, his money and his possessions. 
And, and I, I, just, I just, in my heart, I, I want to always make sure I feel God sometimes testing me. Do you have a yes in your heart? Do you have a yes in your heart? Are you, Brenton, are you willing to move away? And that's hard to answer sometimes, but I want to have a yes in my heart. Because I don't know when God's going to call me, or if he's going to call me, or where he's going to call me. But, but I just want to have a yes. I want to have a yes, because I don't want to be like the rich young ruler. I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. And, and, and anything we sacrifice, God, God says a hundred times in return, you'll inherit and you'll inherit eternal life. So Elisha's yes was sacrificial. The last, uh, the last yes that Elisha gave was an unwavering yes. We're going to read a story in 2 Kings 2, 1 to 11. And it says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind... Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know the Lord's going to take away your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha said, so be quiet. Then Elisha said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, surely as the Lord lives, and as I live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord's going to take away your master from you today? Oh, yes, I know. Shut up. (laughs) Be quiet, Elisha said. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. What Elijah's doing here is he's not just trying to get rid of of Elisha. He's not just trying to have some time alone. He's like, just, we've been together enough, man. It's okay, you can leave me. He's really testing him. Elijah's going to be leaving the mantle of his ministry, and he's testing Elijah to see if he's going to be loyal to the very end. And and Elijah passes that test and, and says, I will not leave you. And so Elijah responds, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And this is what Elisha says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. That is pretty wild. Elijah was was an amazing prophet. Uh, And Elisha says, hey, I want a double portion of your spirit. And and this is what Elisha says, you've asked a very difficult thing. (laughs) Like this is not an easy thing. But but I love uh, Elisha because he knows that Elijah's going, right? And that's leaving a hole. Elijah was the mouthpiece of God, and Israel was not following the Lord, and Elisha knew that there's a big hole now with Elijah leaving, and he was going to be filling that hole, and so he asked, give me a double portion of your spirit. And, and, and I really believe that, that he, he just had a heart because he knew that his generation, he needed more power, more spirit from God if they were going to come back to him. If he was going to fill the shoes of Elijah going away, he needed a double portion. And so this is what he asked for. And most scholars actually say that his ministry and his miracles were twice as many as Elijah's. So, amazing. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. So this is the very final test. Can, can Elisha watch Elijah as he goes up in the whirlwind? Will he be successful uh, in, in doing that? And it says, as they were walking along together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. 
And so often in Sunday school books, right, we see Elijah being taken up in a chariot of fire. But the chariot of fire was actually separating them. It was actually causing a distraction for Elisha. But Elisha still focused his eyes on Elijah all the way up. And so he did end up passing that final test uh, of receiving uh, the double portion. But, but I love Elisha because he was so focused on not missing the mantle being passed down from Elijah. He was so unwavering. Even though the, the journey, he had multiple outs. He had multiple times where Elijah said, hey, no, you can just stay here. You can just stay here. And the journey, this journey was 35 miles that they took. It was, it was a high elevation and low elevation, up and down and bumpy. And, and Elijah, again, he keeps asking him, hey, just, you can stay here. You can stay here. But despite all of that, despite the distraction of the chariot, he keeps his eyes on Elijah because he doesn't want to miss out on the calling um, that, that he has, the calling that God has put on him. And, and, and I really just want to talk to the young generation right now, but, but also everyone at the same time. But especially the young people, we, we have to have a yes in our heart. If you look at today's world, the journey is going to be up and down, Right? There's going to be a lot of easy outs. There's going to be a lot of places where a lot of choices for us to, to leave the narrow path. There's going to be a lot of distractions that are trying to take us off on our calling. And our yes needs to be unwavering. Our yes needs to be unwavering. But I, I really believe that in this time, given, given a world of so many choices, of so many options, that we can have a yes that stands out in the crowd. But, but it needs to be unwavering. It needs to be courageous. It needs to be sacrificial. Amen? Sometimes our yes to Jesus is, is a yes that we gave, you know, 20 years ago in, in Sunday school. And, and our lives hasn't really, haven't really changed. But, but our yes to Jesus today, it can't just be a, a yeah. It has to be a yes. Yes, God, I'm going to courageously follow you. Yes, God, I'm going to courageously sacrifice what you're calling me to sacrifice. God, I'm, I'm not going to conform to the pattern of the world. God, I'm going to say yes unwavering. Even though the journey is hard, even though there's so many other choices in my path, I'm going to say yes to you because I want to fulfill the calling of my life. That's the kind of yes we need. And before I go further, I'm just going to pray for, for the young people in this room right now. Oh, God... Young and old, God, uh, uh, we need a double portion. God, God, we don't want to, we don't just want to like blow through life and, and just kind of do a few good things for you and, and, and die. God, we want to, to, to we, we want to have a spirit where you're going to be lifted high in this nation. And I really believe that this nation is really going to turn back to you. We have to have an absolute yes in our heart to follow you. And God, so God, I just pray that, that you'd rise up yeses here this morning. That young people would just courageously stand up and say, God, I'm going to follow you. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say no to giving up. I'm going to say yes, courageously, sacrificially, unwaveringly, God. And we just pray that you pour out a double portion of your spirit on us so that this, this nation and this world would see that you're real. Yeah, amen. Awesome. So we need to say yes that way. We can't just say yeah to Jesus. Are you done with just saying yeah to Jesus? I'm done with that. Awesome. Final thing to be used by God uh, to see amazing thing is that when, when we face hard situations, we need, we need to look to God. 
We need God in picture of, of our hard situations. Uh, during Elisha's ministry, he had this moment uh, where the king of Israel, Judah, and Edom were preparing to go for battle against Moab. And all of a sudden, uh, a drought hits the land, and, and their animals start running out of water. Their cows, which is their food, and their camels, their transportation are running out of water. And so they don't know what to do, and finally they turn to prophet Elisha. Even though they're not following God, really Israel's not following God anyway, they turn to Elisha and they say, hey, you're the prophet, help us. And this, is, this is a huge moment for Elisha, right? He is now... He is now trying to help these three kings who have come to him. And Elisha says, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not pay any attention to you. But now, bring me a harpist. What an amazing response. They're in drought. He's got three kings in front of him. He's like, Can you get, is there anyone that plays a harp? What's a harp going to help? What's a harp going to help in this situation? But, but Elisha knows that he needs to get the harpist. And I, and I think heroes know that, it, that in difficult times, they need to get the harpist. They, they need to put worship first. They need, they need to first get in the presence of God before they try to do anything in, the, in their own power, and their own will. They need to start worshiping God. This is what David did. He played the harp. This is what Saul even did when he was tormented by an evil spirit. He would, he would get a, a harpist in to soothe them. And it says, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he said, this is what the Lord says, I will fill this valley with pools of water, for this is what the Lord says, you will neither see wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, that's wild, and you and your cattle and other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord, and he will deliver Moab into your hands. And I think in so many situations, in hard situations, we have to remember to get the harpist. Paul and Silas, they were in jail, right? And what did they decide to do after they were flogged? They decided to get the harpist and just start worshiping. And, and I really believe... Honestly, this is, it's such a hard thing to do, but if, if, if you're in marriage problems, if, if you have financial problems, the first thing, the first response you need to have is get the harpist. The first response you need to have is, hey, let's, let's worship God. Let's just put him first in this, in, in this situation. You know, a few years back, my, my wife lost her wedding ring, and it's not a super thrilling time when that, when that happens, Right? Especially it's like, oh, that's how much money I paid for that. Oh, eh. And so we're looking frantically for the wedding ring. And uh, my wife suggests, you know what, Brenton, we, we just need to worship. We need to actually take some time to worship and some time to pray. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to tell the rest of the story. Because um, I said, what's that going to help? <laughs> that's terrible, right? But I'm just being real. What's that going to help? We, need to, we can pray while we, while we look, but what, like, just, just sitting down and worshiping God, like, I want to find this ring. I know how much it costs. You don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, 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 okay, I, I did it. I, I reluctantly did it. We prayed. We worshiped. And I just remember, you know, my heart just beginning to change. Even though we didn't find the ring, I just remember just being like, no, God, I, I trust you. It's okay. You know, whatever happens, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to put you on the throne here. I'm not going to take the situation to my own hands. I'm not going to fall into any kind of thing. I'm just going to trust you, God. 
And, and it was wild because one morning I, I entered the laundry room and the ring was right in the middle of the floor. Literally smack dab in the middle of the floor. We had torn apart every piece of laundry in that room. It, it didn't make any sense, but it was right there. And, and, and I, I, I just really hope that the next time a situation comes up that's hard, that's going to be my response, Valerie's response. Get the harpist. Let's pray. Let's worship. Because it doesn't even matter if the situation changes. At least the situation will change inside. Amen? And that's so often what we need, the situation to change inside of us. For God to start sitting on the throne instead of us just trying to take it into our own hands. And this is what Elisha did. He just said, if anything is going to happen, it's going to be through worship in this instance. I'm helpless right now, so I'm going to worship God and we're going to go from there. Get the harpist. There was another difficult situation that Elijah faced. And the king of Arab was was mad at him because essentially he kept telling um, Israel where they were about to attack. And so the king is just like, who's the traitor here that keeps telling, uh, you know, where our troops are going to attack? And they're all like, actually, it's Elisha. You know, he's hearing from God, and that's how, that, that, that's what's happening. And so they surround Elisha. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to kill him. And, and they surround his tent. And, and, and Elisha's servant says, oh, sir, what will we do now? They're totally surrounded. The young man cried to Elisha. Elisha says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than there are on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he went and he looked up and he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And, and you know, in, in hard situations, sometimes we just need our, our, our perspective to change. We need God to open our eyes. Um, a few years back, I went to New York and we went to a Nintendo shop and I nerded out pretty hard. I was, I was way too excited. Valerie had to tell me to calm down several times. And I bought this mug, and I'm so pumped about it. Um, I'm going to show you. So this mug, when you put warm water in it, or coffee, what happens is it starts revealing the whole, the whole picture. If, if that happens. So yeah, it's happening. There we go. The last service, it wasn't happening at first. And I was like, okay, message over. <laughs> and you know, I, I think this is like life sometimes. So, sometimes we have a situation and, and, and maybe we want to ask for, for a new mug. Or maybe we look at our situation and we say, God, I don't see what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. But, but I want you to know there's more than meets the eye. And as soon as Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes, and he saw God was surrounding him, and he saw that there was more actually for them than against them, it changed everything. It was the same situation. And this is the same mug, but, it, but, but having God in the picture, having water in the picture, it changes everything, and it's the same thing in our life. So many times, again, we ask for a different mug, we ask for a different situation, but, but let God come into your life. Get the harpist, worship him, and all of a sudden he's going to open your eyes to see that there's more to it. That he's there, that he is for you, um, is greater than he was in the world, right? He was in you is greater than he was in the world. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And I think so many times this is when we try to look at the situation from a worldly view and we don't see it, 
but, but we need to put God in that situation. And what happens, I believe then, is we give him room. We give him room to do the miraculous. When Paul started worshiping in jail, it gave God room and control over that situation to move in. And I, I really believe that this is what we have to do. When Elijah got the harpist, this is when the hand of God came upon him. This is when God spoke to him. And I know there's so many times in my life when I've had a situation that's caused fear or anxiety, and, and I've just gone before God, I've invited for him to come into the situation. He just speaks a word into my heart, and all of a sudden, everything changes. The situation didn't change, the mug didn't change, but the picture looks really different because I see what he's doing. I see that there's more to it. And if we want God to break in like this, we have to invite him in to take control of these situations to open our eyes, amen? Awesome, I invite the worship team to come up. Hmm. And we're just gonna pray together this morning. Yeah, Father, we, we, we just thank you that you've called us to do amazing things. And, and God, in hard times and in difficult times, God, it can be so easy to take things into our own hands. It can be so easy to see things from a worldly point of view. But God, I, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see that there's more for us than against us. God, I pray that, that our hearts would be obedient to you where we would say, go get the harpist, even though it's not what our flesh is crying out for, even though it's not in the natural maybe what we want to do, but we just start worshiping you and putting you on the throne. And God, I, I just pray again that you would open our eyes. If there's anyone here in a hard situation today, I pray that you'd open your, their eyes to see your perspective to see what you see. And maybe they don't see the full picture of what you see because you're an eternal God and you see everything. But maybe you just speak into their hearts and say, hey, there's, there's more than meets the eye here. There's more than meets the eye. There's something happening behind the scenes. You don't, you don't see what I'm working out. You don't see that I'm working in this person's heart. You don't see what, what I'm trying to build in you right now. And so God, we just say that, that we just trust you. We trust you in these situations, and we turn to you. Hmm. Just with every eye closed this morning, when I was talking about that, that, that having that yes to be used by God, I don't know if any of you are here today, and, and maybe you have a no. Maybe you're, you've said no to following God's will in your life. Or maybe you've just said yeah, sure, I'll follow God. But it hasn't been a, a yes that's courageous, sacrificial, and unwavering. If that's you today, you know, maybe your yes has just been 15 years ago and you've just kind of gone through the motions and it's not actually changing your life. It's not actually making a difference in your life. If that's you today and, and you want to raise your hand and just say, God, I want to say yes to you. I want to say yes to you courageously, sacrificially, and unwaveringly. I want to follow you. I don't want to miss what you have for my life, God. And I know that's going to be hard. I know there's going to be ups and downs. I know there's going to be choices and distractions in my way. But I want to say yes to fulfilling the call you have on my life. If that's you, just raise your hand this morning. Saying, I, I want that, God, for my life. I want to say yes to you unwaveringly. Yeah, thank you for your hands. And, and Holy Spirit, 
Holy Spirit, would you give these people and, and us a double portion? God, God I, I pray that we'd want to make a difference in, in our world and in our nation. And, and God, that, that difference, I thank you that it starts with our yes, because that's when you can take control. That that's when you could start to guide and reign in our life and do amazing things through us because we're just letting you work in us. And in hard situations, we're just letting you take control and we're letting you reign and we're letting you rush in with, your, with the supernatural and the miraculous. Instead of just adding you to our life, we're giving you our life. So thank you for those who raised their hand and said yes to you, God. God, give them courage, give them your spirit. Help them to follow you, despite the journey being tough, despite there being easy outs. Help them to follow you, God, to fulfill the amazing calling you have on their life so that you might be glorified. Yeah, amen. Thank you for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.